Welcome, friends, to episode number seven of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure their projects are of the highest quality. The show will provide strategies and concepts to help ensure that you can address quality control on all of your projects. I'm your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer, and in this episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, I'll be talking with Wayne Martin, the co-founder, president, and director of engineering at Martin Data Solutions, LLC. Wayne has served as the lead electrical engineer and project manager for various electrical-driven and multidiscipline projects. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about his experience working for large firms with ISO 9001 certifications, what it is, and why we both think it's important. And we'll also talk about how he started his own firm during a pandemic and how he continues to still benefit from the risks he took early in his career. So let's jump right in. Now I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Wayne Martin, the co-founder, president, and director of engineering of Martin Data Solutions, LLC. Wayne, welcome to the Engineering Quality Control Podcast. Thank you for having me, Brian. Great to have you here today with us. And we both work together on a few different projects in a past place that we worked together actually at. I was working on some solar projects with you where I did the land development side, you did the mechanical electrical side of things. Can you share a little bit about your background and about yourself and the progression of your career since then? Once again, I'm Wayne Martin. I'm with uh, Martin Data Solutions. I'm a licensed electrical engineer by trade. Martin Data Solutions, we go by MDS, and we are a MEP, Mechanical Electrical Plumbing Engineering and Consulting Firm, in which throughout my career, I've been involved with many different aspects of the electrical engineering side, from technical to the business side, in which uh, recently decided to venture out and start MDS. I did want to mention that a couple of the firms that you've worked for before you started MDS were ISO 9001 certified for their quality control programs. And since you worked for two different companies that had those, I was just curious about what your opinions are of that program and why it may or may not be important to you. ISO 9001 is a definitely a good program. It is basically check and balance process, uh, quality assurance, quality control, which is essentially a process where there's someone's doing the work and then someone's reviewing the work and ensuring that there's those checks and balances are crossed off for not only the personal engineering side, but the product itself and the client and the public. So it's definitely a good process to have in hand. And if you follow it as required, it should eliminate a lot of the miscellaneous errors. We call them errors and omissions in our particular field. Uh, So the goal is to kind of minimize that as much as possible by having a third party that doesn't have any experience or understanding of a project to review that project and get the proper review and signatures prior to submitting that deliverable to your client. So it's like an in-house program that kind of helps produce that high quality product that you're shooting for. Absolutely. Now, because you worked for multiple firms with those standards or those frameworks that are built in, did either of them do it maybe, and not getting into specifics of who or what, but like, did you see the good things or did you see it 
fall to the wayside sometimes, depending on what groups and what projects that you worked with? Or was it kind of universal, like it was really enforced across both? Because both those firms that we're talking about were in excess of 1,500, 2,000 employees with many disciplines, many groups, many projects that are produced. So I understand the point of the framework and I understand the point of the emphasis. And I'm just curious about from your eyes where that worked well and maybe where it didn't work. To be ISO certified, there is a annual, body annual process that is audited by ISO. So what that means is there needs to be certain documents and, and measures in place to illustrate that you are meeting the minimal intent of ISO 9001. So yes, working with different companies, uh, they do allow you to, I would say, manufacture your own process as long as it meets the minimal intent of ISO. How you get from zero to 100 is a little bit different between uh, many different companies. My experience, it differs. They all have or wanted to achieve the same goal and state and maintain their certification. That's one. But I did experience where, depending on how busy you are, who you're working with, the team, et cetera, et cetera, those requirements may fall to the wayside more than you may think, which is not necessarily what we want to do as professionals, but it's kind of like life. Business is very fluid and you just get busy. Some of those measures may be taken by the wayside, but nonetheless, even though their procedures differ, the process was still had the same intent. And when we were able to implement those processes during those projects, you could definitely see the quality and from that work before delivering the product to the client. So you could see the results and why it's beneficial to try to stay and implement those procedures on every project if you can. And that kind of parlays into my next question. And that is that the product we produce as engineers is in large part our reputation. I don't want to say like tax preparers or accountants that are providing a service as well, but they're filling out and they're giving you advice and doing things in a proper way that you stay off the radar of certain people and that you do things the right way. In engineering, I feel like we're doing the same where we're providing a lot of knowledge and experience and explaining and teaching and educating our clients a lot, but ultimately they're walking away with a product that will ultimately be the measure of your reputation. If they have a really positive experience and the product that's produced is really good with minimal issues during construction or in using that into the future, then they're probably coming back to get more work done from you if they need it. At the same time, if you do a poor job, even if you're the smartest person in the room, then you may or may not see that customer return. In 2021, right, last year, you took a leap and you started your own firm. So that's quite accomplishment in its own right, let alone during a pandemic. So congratulations on that. And I'm curious about how your focus has and efforts have maybe evolved some from when you were working with or for a firm producing work at different levels of management, but then are now have your name on everything and how that's kind of maybe evolved for you. That is absolutely a great question and take on recent events. Unfortunately, I would like to say whether I was with a different firm or currently under MDS representing myself, my methods and procedures have not changed. And that's kind of indicative of a person or a professional's reputation. 
I always hold my reputation high in regard, and it's a reflection of my experience and work and interaction with the client. So it really hasn't changed from working elsewhere and doing my job that I was hired to do and uphold my ethical duties as a licensed professional engineer. I still take those same steps and procedures to accomplish the project goal and deliverable at all costs. So I would like to say that it hasn't changed because once again, you know, our checks and balances, we have young engineers and we have uh, more senior engineers and we're all performing the same goal under the same job. Once it leaves the door and gets in the client's hand or the contractor's hand, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who worked on it. It was your signature, the company's name, and that's all that matters from that point on. So I always looked at it from that perspective. It didn't matter where I sat. It was a matter of the quality I was leaving the door and uh, being constructed. Once again, ethically, our ethical duty is to ensure the safety and well-being of the public. First and foremost, my procedures has not changed. I will always ensure that the product meets the intent of national and local codes, just meets my level of perfection, I would like to call it, when it comes to designing, you own it. Yeah, I think that's another unique thing about engineering is that you had to have a 70% to get your license. But the work that we do demands a 95, 98, 100% perfection. It's unrealistic to say everything will be always perfect, obviously. Correct. The goal of any quality program should be catching those big things that are going to cost you money and cost your reputation and be that problem for the public or your client or whoever down the road. You've been growing. Your company's been growing, right? Over the past year, you've hired new people. How have you worked with them on getting them to that level of your expectations of work? Is it through like maybe the interview process where you're getting some insight to them or they're onboarding and seeing how they actually produce work? I think it's a combination of all. We are in the business of people. So you have to understand the personnel or the people that you're working with. Fortunately, the folks that we're bringing on board today, I've had previous experience with in the past. But that doesn't necessarily change how we view or operate or proceed forward in terms of our process. There's always new things that come about. But at the end of the day, it all ultimately comes down to understand the people that you have with you. So let's just say there's folks that we will be bringing on board that had any experience or exposure to myself or anyone on the team for that matter. We have our process into getting them integrated to how we do things, why we do things, and our ultimate expectation. No matter who finishes it and who does it, like I remember back when I first started getting into this industry, there was still people that worked on the board and they talked about the history of writing and having to do lettering to perfection to get approved before they were allowed to do lettering on the plans because at that time, everything was done on Mylar. And that's evolved a lot with CAD, but even the, at the time, they would do little things with their lettering that would make it theirs, but they still followed that standard and that expectation so that the idea that anybody that picked up those drawings at some point in the future didn't know necessarily who did it. They knew who did it. They knew their little idiosyncrasies and the things that they like to do. And I think that's how all of our drawings are, is that there's things that we do, there's things that we have experienced that maybe plays into how we do our work in the future. So 
Before we go into that last segment of the power of experience, I'm just curious if you had any advice for our listeners thinking about starting a career or starting their own firm. I do want to touch base on what you noted about adding a little piece, but at the end of the day, it's the same product that's leaving the door. At least from my perspective, we're working with different engineers. Everyone designs differently, right? The ultimate goal is to ensure that it meets code and meets the product. Project goes in intent before it leaves the door. So the biggest thing that I try to tell younger engineers, let's just say electrical engineer, for instance, I design a certain way. I like how I design. However, another engineer may design it a tad bit different, but it still gets you to point B. We designed at point A two separately, but we still arrived at point B, the ultimate goal. We don't ever try to change how you design it as long as you still meet the design intent in terms of like the overall product. Here's a little fun thing I always say. It's like writing a book and it's ultimately for the contractor. It's for someone to pick up your set of drawings, not knowing anything about the project, and they are able to understand fluently through all the design documents of what you were thinking and how to achieve that goal. So it's just like reading a book. Every time you read a book, you understand the beginning, the middle, and the ending. And it's all narrated to your understanding. It's the same way how we design. I want to move into our segment. So with each episode we have, we want to leave the listeners with some advice or some perspective that you've had in your career where you now have experienced something good, bad, be any of those range of things, positive, negative, whatever you want to share, but something that people that may be listening may be able to go, I've had a similar experience or I've had makes them think of something in their own experience that they still may not leverage in their career the way they could. And I'm just curious if you have a power of experience story or an idea of somewhere in your past that still strongly influences your current career and how you do things. One that may resonate with some of the listeners is the takeaway here is never be afraid to try something new or with understanding that you may not have the experience to do so. It's always taking the risk or chance to take that risk. When I first started my career, I was actually thrown into a project where, so for instance, design change, project changes, right? So it was a situation where my lead electrical was no longer with the company. The project manager also left and the department manager was no longer there regarding a sizable project with a client that just got kicked off. And the project involved uh, power studies for a very large uh, local airport. With that said, project is just getting started and I was presented, hey, do you think you can do this? I'm a young engineer just out of school, little to no experience at all involving power studies for a very sizable project. So I took the initiative to say yes, not necessarily knowing what I was getting into. Over five years and a lot of headaches with the client and lack of understanding of that contract. Over that five years, I was able to interpret the contract, understand the scope items that were glaringly missing, provided clear direction on how to move forward with the project on the power study side, indulge myself heavily into all the training material to understand the ins and outs of short circuit studies, coordination studies, arc flash analysis, and what it all meant. A lot of compensated and uncompensated time went into those efforts to get myself 
up to par on a very large project that had huge implications, not only for myself, but from the company as well, and ultimately impacting airport operations. After five years, I was able to help support and meet the needs of the original project intent and prepare a sizable deliverable for the client with all the recommendations and training that was required. This actually, like I said, five years in the making, you could probably foresee a lot of issues with the client and our company. From my understanding, the result and the end product not only mended those relationships, but it helped me grow as an engineer to be actually recognized amongst my peers as an expert in this field now regarding power studies. I found it to be very positive moment throughout early in my career to take on something with literally no experience and make it my own. And now is able to share not only the story, but share this experience and help other clients that has these types of needs in a very niche matter. That's my takeaway for anyone that's listening here is don't be afraid to try something that you don't know. You will find out how to accomplish it over time. And you're still leveraging lessons that you learned through that whole thing from probably contract writing to the deliverable and all those little aspects. And you're probably thinking of things differently when you approach those jobs. And that's how you started to get from that point A to point B, the way you get to it because of those experiences, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's just one of many different experiences as we are in this industry. It comes with experience you begin to see certain things a little bit differently. And I honestly like to tell clients is value now that I bring to the table where someone that hasn't gone through those types of experiences cannot either consult you or advise you in the right way because they just don't know. All those miscellaneous steps throughout your career will play a factor later. And once again, those steps of going out on your own and creating your own business That all plays a heavy factor in who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. I want to be courteous of your time because you are running a business and you have your own work. We're all busy right now. But how can listeners best connect with you? Listeners can connect with me on LinkedIn. Easily search my name, Wayne Martin. Or you can uh, visit our website at www.martindatasolutions.com. And more information is there for your use. Thank you, Wayne, for your time and look forward to your continued success. It's a pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having me on the show. Please remember that you can find show notes for this episode at engineeringqualitycontrol.com and look for episode number seven. There you'll find a summary of the key points we discussed, as well as any links to anything that we've talked about, including how to contact Wayne. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. 